0: All right, so Jay and myself are unable to get together during this time where I'm at my parents, and so we were unable to record really anything for Halloween. So what I decided to do was, since we've just joined a new network, it's possible that we have new listeners who haven't heard some of our previous Halloween episodes. So over the next couple of days, you're going to hear a few of these Halloween episodes. Uh, I'm going to start it off with uh, last year's, our movie cocktail special for the shining so i sit down with mark rob and jay and we all discuss the shining and rob makes an original cocktail for it so uh just bear in mind that this is from 2019 so uh it was just a few weeks before dr sleep actually came out so you'll hear us reference that dr sleep is about to come out but you know hasn't. So, uh, without any further delay, here is our movie cocktail uh, Halloween special uh, for The Shining. Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show. Here's Johnny.
1: Do you know how I knew your name was Doc? I can remember when I was a little boy. My
2: grandmother
1: and I could hold conversations entirely without ever opening our mouths. She called it shiny. I think a lot of things happened right here in this particular hotel over the years. wife and daughter up in your little bits, and then uh, you blow your brains out. What about room 237? You're scared of room 237, ain't you? one your son has a very great talent i don't think you are aware how great it is but he is attempting to use that very talent against your will there's someone else in the hotel with us there's a crazy woman in one of the rooms she tried to strangle Danny. Are you out of
3: That's- your fucking mind?
0: Welcome to Super Movie Brothers, episode 176. I think I'm starting to lose track because we're recording so many episodes ahead of time. Uh, <laughs> this is our movie cocktail episode for the month of October. We put up four movies for vote for paranormal horror. Those four movies were The Shining. The Exorcist, Poltergeist, and The the Ring, for some reason. (laughs) Three absolute (laughs) horror movie classics went toe-to-toe. The Ring came in dead last, as it should. Okay. As it should. Second was The Exorcist, uh, and then third was Poltergeist. And with an outstanding lead, I believe it ended forty-one percent to twenty-one percent. Twenty-eight percent was the closest one to it. Was The Shining? So, which was my pick? Which Congratulations. was which Thanks. was Rob's pick? Congrats. So Rob's now second win. Classic. Uh, so uh, this film, obviously, I think this is the one that like everyone. Probably on the list. I think it's. It has a lot going for it right now because talk about because Stephen King number one. He's he's the number one most prolific author of our time, right? He's he's number one bestseller. All this stuff. Uh, We also just got. It chapter one, it chapter two, Pet Cemetery. There's a big resurgence in making his films into movies again. And also we have Doctor Sleep, the sequel to his novel, The Shining, that will be coming to screen, which is going to be both a sequel to the novel, a sequel to Kubrick's film, and a completely different story with Ewan McGregor, I playing the Older Stephen Danny Torrance King
3: approved this he did. time around. So. He did. So Yeah, this episode is coming out very timely.
0: <laughs> yeah. So this this episode will be releasing on halloween not by
3: design this is all the fans no halloween is definitely uh uh, by design
0: (laughs) we're recording in the shining (laughs) uh, yeah because it took a lot of work to get four people in this room for this to come (laughs) out just before halloween we're here (laughs) doing it. (laughs) so not to be confused with the 1997 made for tv remake of the same name the shining Directed by Stanley Kubrick, came out in 1980, and it starred Jack Nicholson, Shelley Duvall, Danny Lloyd, and none other than Scatman Crothers, <laughs> who is one of my favorite characters in the entire movie. Absolutely. So uh, the way we do these is we always go around the horn, and we talk about early impressions of it, like the first time you saw it, uh, and then watching it now. So, Rob, first time you saw this movie, how old were you? Where were you? What were you doing? Um, did I, your dick leave your pants when you saw the woman get out of the tub? And did you lose your chub when she turned into an old crone?
2: <laughs> no. It happened to all of us. But, right? <laughs> but uh, to tell you the truth, I can't really remember when I first saw the movie. I know I did see it when I was younger. Um, I wasn't really into horror or paranormal movies, so I didn't see it a lot. Um, so, But what I do remember is is watching it again. For the first time as an adult, um, I kind of mentioned, uh, in the last one when I said that I was picking this movie that I entered a competition, uh, based around a book based around Kubrick and I had to do a lot of research. Kubrick's the- game. Yeah. And I had to do a lot of research for it. So I, I watched, uh, The Shining for the first time sitting there one night, just sort of pausing, rewinding, going back so I didn't miss anything and, and caught a lot of stuff that I'd never seen before or noticed mm. before. So, um, Within the past two years is when I really sort of watched it again and sort of really paid attention to it
0: this for me was one of those movies that like it right around this time of year, it's on somewhere. Um, but for, for, you know, now I think it's, it's a movie that we see a lot more. I think back when we were growing up, this wasn't on TV a whole lot. Mm-hmm. I remember the first few times I saw it were always late at night and I was probably around like eight or nine and in like pieces. Too, yeah. Not like the whole thing. I, never, I didn't see the whole thing right. until I was an adult, but I remember being extremely afraid of it. And if someone asked me like, what was scary about it? There's nothing that I can point to there's uh, not there's not like one scene where i go he, like even the when he's
2: with that with the axe on the door even then i'm like yeah it's not really that scary
0: costume the bear, yeah, the, 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 yeah, the, <laughs> the bear blowjob the, the, yeah, the, the, blow the, yeah. the little uh disturbing the little furry moment that's yeah. in there <laughs> uh but no i mean like it, yeah the, but that's i think what it was was it, it was atmospheric and the tone of the film was enough to just to, to set me un- at unease and i think a lot of that goes to the score and goes to to, to the to just to the way it's shot
3: production, yeah the way it's yeah, I mean, shot the production
0: design the sound quality and I think just Jack um, Nicholson overall yeah. is just fucking creepy yeah. oh, in this course, movie yeah. and w- obviously was cast because of his because of his creepy nature so you know flash forward now doing the podcast and stuff and and becoming more of a cinephile uh i've watched it a handful of times now and there's always something new to pick up on there's always something new to, that that really draws you in like i think the last time i watched it i've always known that jack nicholson was creepy but i don't think i i, st- I watched his performance that that much so this time around i was watching him and shelly duvall's performances because uh you know that we'll get it into it in the behind the scenes mm-hmm. stuff. But one of their biggest problems with with the the whole marketing of the film was while Stanley Kubrick was doing press for it and, and people were lavishing him praise for this movie and stuff, he never once like gave credit to the actors and the performances that they put in. Now in later documentaries he does, but at the time the film was coming out, that's the perception that Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall had was that wow. Stanley Kubrick was it was always like look what I had made, but not look at the performances they had put into it Mm -hmm. and I mean, their performances are just absolutely phenomenal. Was so, he like a common, like notorious egomaniac? I don't say egomaniac. Like reportedly, he had an IQ of like 200. Um, so he, so oper- he operated on a different level sure, than sure. other people. Uh, he everything he did was extremely deliberate. So, so if socially he's, he's you, unaware. So if he's them. treating you for a, a certain way, it's deliberately. So when he was torturing Shelly Duvall on set for the yeah. over a year that this film was was being filmed, uh, it was all just to, just to get a better performance out of her. And he even told people, don't coddle her don't don't go to her you, you'll do you'll do her no help by going to her after i've just yelled at her let her stew on it because that's what kept mm. her in that mind space wow. so uh yeah i i think that's just you know his his headspace at that point with the film Yeah, understandable mm-hmm. mark uh, i
4: saw it first time in my late teens I'm pretty sure and yeah so i came to it i guess a little bit later than a lot of people um but i always knew it was iconic and uh loved it when i saw it i mean so it honestly surprised me a lot um You know, like it's the scene I mentioned with the the blowjob and everything. I mean, stuff in there that's just straight bizarre. That's a moment Um, we'll get into, but it's
0: it's an interesting moment because so much of the paranormal activity that is going on within the Overlook is surrounding both Danny and Jack, who technically you would consider unreliable uh, Mm -hmm. narrators, right? Because one has The Shining and is purposely being shown things um, and you're never really sure what's real what's Tony showing him you know mm-hmm. and with Jack you have another person who's insane and losing his mind so Shelley yeah. Duvall is technically the only one right. that's a reliable <laughs> narrator for the story yeah so when she starts seeing paranormal stuff yeah. like a man in a dog costume giving a man <laughs> yes. in a tuxedo a blowjob yeah. you're just like okay. was it a dog I'm sorry yeah, a yeah, dog whatever. a bear whatever some, it was some kind of furry animal yeah. whatever it was yeah um, I mean really ahead of his time in, in the yeah. furry community I mean it just, Kubrick. <laughs> 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 Um, I hear, many fronts. I hear he likes to go to conventions dressed as a koala and have everyone pet him, so. <laughs> Something that Rob has picked up doing now in his furry lifestyle.
3: Well... Uh- as we see in Eyes Wide Shut, he likes sexual acts with masks on. It, well,
4: that's yeah, yeah. There's there, there's. <laughs> I don't know if he likes it. He's, he's he's
0: fascinated well, by yeah. the by the underworld of, of yeah, sex. You right, know the yes. the things yeah, the CD the uh, things that go on behind closed yeah. doors between. And I, I'm I'm just completely normal people. Yeah, but sure, I,
4: but I guess I remember being surprised by it because, you, like I said, you know those iconic moments. You know the blood rushing out the doors sure. and all the you know the obviously the axe through the door. But there was all those like other moments that that. that I just was really shocked by and surprised yeah. and even watching it again more recently I
0: was still surprised by the moments one yeah. of the things I was really surprised about while like watching documentaries and stuff about this was you would think that a guy like Stanley Kubrick who is so you know he's he's famous for taking 30 takes for just mm-hmm. sometimes a single scene perfectionist, and yeah. yeah he's a perfectionist and actors like are, a David Fincher type actors mm-hmm. are exhausted by him and by the process and most actors that worked with him never really wanted to work with him again mm-hmm. um, um, it was just something, it was just an unpleasant very experience intense. all around. A very tense set and everything. Uh, so you would think that someone is that perfectionist would also be a perfectionist about his script. But I came to find out that his script was just words. Like, he, he honestly did not care about the dialogue or script much. Visual guy, yeah. Be- because everything he was setting up well, in the scene in most is setting up anyway. the story that he wants you mm-hmm. to see anyway. Right. Yeah. So you can't even really trust his characters to be telling you the yeah. true story. Because the true story is going on in the background, yeah, in the scenes
4: kind of layer. It gives another layer yeah, to
0: it. To the so, film. like, throughout filming, Jack Nicholson was constantly being handed new scripts, so much so that he just chucked them away and just asked for the lines for that scene. And a majority of his lines, at times, just completely ad-lib. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Kubrick is not so... So well, stuck it was, on uh, his iconic, script.
4: Here's you know, here's Johnny. Was that right? That Kubrick, was, like, Kubrick that from London
0: right? has no idea who Johnny Carson right. was, or or at least that maybe he knows who he is, but that's not an iconic thing that he was aware of. It
4: wasn't in the script, but he let it go. Yeah, yeah he just doesn't care. Yeah. So
0: I, I I always find that that that's it that's something that's interesting about yeah. Stanley Kubrick is if you want to like even uh, Danny Torrance's. Uh, Danny's not here right now. Yeah. This is Tony and he moves his finger. That's mm. just something that Dan that Danny mm. Lloyd did on his I love that too. A- yeah. on his audition yeah. and he's like, "Yeah, you can keep that." <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Whatever it's a visual works. representation yeah. that Tony has taken over your body, and the audience mm-hmm. needs that. So course, he allows that to stay.
3: Stephen King would hate it because it's a character trait that's not right. in his book.
0: Well, he was also super protective of of uh, Danny Lloyd. Uh, Kubrick did not want him tainted by this movie. He didn't want him having nightmares by it. So he told him that he was making a boring drama. Uh, <laughs> so that that kid didn't actually see the whole movie until he was seventeen. So he yeah. didn't know that it was I, a horror movie well, yeah. until until then. That's crazy. And he was very even the scene where showing the ball is movie carrying yeah, but it him it away. Too. Yeah. It's it's the only movie he ever. Oh, did. Is yeah. So even when he's when when Shelley is carrying him away mm-hmm. after he had just been attacked in Room Two Three Seven and she's blaming Jack for it, which I I always see as like the catalyst for Jack's madness really taking over. Um, when she's carrying him away, that's not even Daniel Lloyd. Hmm. That is that is a doll that was just oh. made up and dressed like him, that's so that he wouldn't that. be tainted by it. So it's strange that he is uh, that Kubrick is is so protective Tough on his actors and everything like that but when it came to the mm. child he was protective which yeah. I found I found extremely interesting huh. it is yeah, definitely deep dude uh, Jay you first uh, first time seeing it and uh, your impressions now well
3: just like you Dave I also saw it in bits and pieces throughout childhood and, and
0: growing up as a teenager and such once um, I had a VHS man I wore out that that, that bathroom scene though <laughs> just, <laughs> <laughs> just rewinding it kind yeah. of like Kate Winslet in the frame, Titanic <laughs> No, it was it was full frame. It oh, was it was square. That's the real horror. Thing. Yeah, we <laughs> we didn't Terrible. have we didn't have widescreen yeah, TVs no. back in the day. <laughs>
4: <laughs> anyway,
3: so. it was um yeah, and of course, like all you can remember, you know, because it's been a long time before I've seen it as an adult was just bits and pieces, like just the mood, just knowing the iconic shots and and sounds and stuff like that. But I always. Never had a full picture of the tone. Now, when we did our doubleheader the other, um, you know, know, last month when we watched 2001 and then this. You
4: got lots of tone.
3: Lots of tone. (laughs) Lots of tone. Lots of of Kubrick. A lot of Kubrick mannerisms you can see in the films. Um, And that was the number one thing that, you know, I did not remember was just how... The actors were how they spoke their dialogue. Yeah, how it doesn't atmospheric it is because to him it
0: doesn't matter. What the, right, what the dialogue and it, and it was, makes complete sense. The atmosphere and, of the Overlook was was all that mattered.
3: Sure, and, and details, um, you yeah. absolutely, and you can see the details, and and it's the number one thing you can really appreciate. And you know, this movie, you know, it holds up to a degree. Um, I think most youngsters would probably hate this movie, even the fucking hip mm. indie ones probably. I and I hate it. Doesn't it have but a I resurgence, though? Would... with the 100 uh...
0: percent does. This movie yeah. is as Well, is I'm back sure it's
3: going to to some degree, especially been, with Dr. Sleep coming out. It's just
0: been re-released on uh, with on UHD, uh, yeah. you know, home video. That came out. Yeah. Uh, they just did like like the new poster, so if you go at, like there, there's a new poster for it. Like they've yeah. re- not rebranded it, but they're but they're a repackaged. Poster. Interesting. They, they've repackaged it for for yeah, the the new cover for it. Oh, is new, now okay. is now a silhouette of Jack and it's bathed in red and inside of inside of the silhouette of Jack is the overlook yeah. and riding his big wheel in front of the overlook is sure. Danny. Yeah. So like when you go when you go on your streaming apps and stuff and you find it now that's the picture mm-hmm. you're seeing which is very different than the yellow screaming face yeah. uh, and very different than just I think the original one was just the Overlook Hotel and mm-hmm. it just said the shining on yeah. it. So Stephen King's The Shining and it was but, yeah, eh. one of those I think it's very one of those enduring films yeah. It's it's yeah. very enduring, and I think it's 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 now because of the resurgence of Stephen King in cinema. You know, obviously the dude's always been on top with oh, yeah. writing and stuff, but with the resurgence of his films in cinema and stuff like that, now I, I, I think and also understanding the characters a little bit better now. Right. Yeah. I I and, just and like the whole no, I just think that the studio the who owns it right now, there's money to be made, and they're 100 percent right. going yeah. to be making it by re-releasing it on a home and video. as of right now,
3: <laughs> right before the positive movie, yeah. buzz about you know Doctor Sleep, so
0: that's a good. Sign. That's good to hear. Yeah. And um looking forward to seeing it. We'll see. I was not a huge fan of the Doctor's Sleep novel. So okay. uh but well we'll get into that and we'll get yeah. into the story of the Shining a little bit more in our next segment. Right now, uh Rob, since this was you got to pick first, this was your cocktail you got to make this week. So uh what is the name of the cocktail? And what are your ingredients, man?
2: So uh went very simple. We've had a couple of uh different cocktails before that have like infused things and whatnot so uh i called this one the the number 237 or 217, depending on which way, which way you want to call it. Uh, 217 being obviously the room in the book. 237 being the name of, oh, sorry, being the room in the movie.
0: Um, or room, what is it, 408 that, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, the other one? <laughs> the, the other room that Samuel L. Jackson and, uh, and John Cusack, and John oh, yeah. Cusack stayed in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, 1408, um, that's. 1408, yeah. we got there. Yeah. yeah. Very simple.
2: I want to do a sort of a theme on the red rum of course. So I, I put in half an ounce of overproof rum. Uh, so not just your normal rum. I went with overproof just to make it that little bit of extra strength. Uh, it is a full ounce of the Smirnoff raspberry vodka. And then you top that off with, uh, Canada dry ginger ale that is the cranberry ginger ale. And then, uh, Instead of ice cubes, we used frozen cranberries and frozen raspberries. Kind of looks kind of fruity, kind of looks like almost like a um, sangria almost, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, a good- uh, I'm I'm actually enjoying it. So yeah. I could drink
0: a couple of these. It's very it's very sparkling. Um yeah. the the fruit once it melts though, I'm now finding it difficult for me to <laughs> to, to drink. The raspberries. I think it's I, the raspberries. Yeah, yeah. i I've, I've I've literally licked the like the like uh fruit skin off of my mustache just a few times. <laughs> and yeah, I don't the, well, the taste end like of berries. <laughs> it's the end of uh
2: summer, so yeah. I know yeah. we're gonna get into some some different types of drinks coming around, but you know, I figured
3: something fruity kind of like well, it's dark it's red it's bloody looking yeah. so that's the it's best part about it yeah, uh, visually
0: i look i i love the taste of it though so i mean that's oh, that's course. the most important thing yeah. is that is that the taste is there so i i do i do dig i do dig the flavor of it mark you're digging it i'm digging it but like you said as it gets warmer it gets, yeah.
1: Yeah.
4: i'm gonna start drinking it fast but it's, no it's yeah. good it's yeah. getting yeah. tough it's very good
0: jay all i knew was warmer
3: <laughs> <laughs> i didn't even have a sip earlier on when it was cold um no, I'm actually really enjoying this. It is very, very sweet and it's definitely giving me a little bit of an upper with all the sugar, but it is, um, it's nice and I love raspberry. So like, I'm all about it. It's,
0: it's a game. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we. I really enjoy this cocktail. Uh, just a little bit. We'll peel you know, behind the curtains. We weren't sure whether this episode was going to happen. Uh, it was going to be me and Jay recording <laughs> up until like zero hour uh, earlier on this weekend. So uh, me and Jay actually came up with an alternate cocktail. I'm not going to share the recipe here. I'm just going to put that recipe up for our patrons over on our Patreon Good idea. For, for for them to enjoy our, our other one. But I will say this. It involves red wine and... Uh, all the good stuff uh, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> red wine and bourbon it'll fuck you up for sure so I'll send no, I'll send those ingredients over to both our of buddies <laughs> on Patreon tonight. Yeah, you did have both of those tonight sorry <laughs> but luckily hey hey, at hey, least we'll a, a, be here for a while we'll so. be here for a little yeah. bit so <laughs> let's head over let's get into the film proper let's start breaking the film down let's do it
1: red rum red rum red rum oh, red rum not hurt me i'm not gonna hurt you stay away from me wendy stay away
0: darling light of my life
1: i'm not gonna hurt you
0: you didn't let me finish my sentence i said i'm not gonna hurt you i'm just gonna bash your brains in. i'm gonna bash them right the fuck in <laughs> all right so right off the bat the shining starts off I would say a way that is extremely familiar to fans of Kubrick. It is just a long, sweeping, panning shot with music playing. And, uh, if you've watched 2001 or you've watched, you, you've watched A Clockwork Orange, you're familiar with the score kind of taking the pilot's seat early on yeah. in the, in, in, his definitely movie. sets the tone though. It does. Yeah. And I love the score to, to, to mm-hmm. this movie. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic. But you know, you, you are, a this voyeur taking a trip floating
4: trip. above them. Yep.
0: Yep. As as this as this, you know, Volkswagen Beetle, uh, which is yellow and not red like it was in Stephen King's novel, which a lot of people is, you know, will, will <laughs> say is Stanley Kubrick's first thumb in the eye of, uh, of of Stephen King's novel. I and then later on, you'll see a crushed Volkswagen, a red one at <laughs> really? that. So, and Wait, it's, so you think he went out to like, that's what some people say. I really? honestly don't think I mean, that happens all the time. With, I honestly don't think Stanley and and books, paid you know? Stephen King's story Much Mind past concept. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's that's yeah. really it. We'll get into some book movie differences in our third segment. So uh it, there it's traveling with Jack up to the Overlook Hotel as he as he goes to meet uh the I guess the upper management uh, about his position. Jack was a former school teacher. We will learn a little bit more about how he lost his job throughout the film, but pretty much he lost his job through drinking, uh, and he's somewhat at odds with his family over an abusive moment that he had with his son. Just one little moment, just a couple ounces of pressure. <laughs> and he popped the kid's arm out of the socket while grabbing him away from some of the school papers that he was working on. Um, and that's how he he lost his job and has now is a recovering alcoholic. So he, he's going up for this job that his buddy got him at the Overlook Hotel to be the off-season caretaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's obviously a place of this size would require an off-season caretaker. It just seems like that would be the season that this would be the most popular
2: he says it. he
0: actually he actually says it he says like you know with with the amount of snow that you guys get up here in mountains like this skiing's got to be you know fantastic he said they say it would just cost too much to keep those roads open Mm -hmm. and uh, they even mentioned that it's they're they're not too far away from donner's pass where where donner the donner party would have had to pass through there so it 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 is known for for getting dumped on it's up there with Mountains upon mountains of snow, and it would just be too costly to keep it open and, uh-huh. and, and to have search and rescue on hand yeah. and all that stuff. So they, they instead, they, they closed down for the season because it's, it's a resort more uh-huh. so than, than, uh, you know, an extreme. resort (laughs) Uh, so he's taking his tour of the overlook hotel and one of the things i find like really interesting is when they first go to greet him this is something i learned while watching uh room 237 he's reading a playgirl like right up there a playgirl i did read that
2: right in the the, right um, out in the open now they say that's another Kubrick thing where he was kind of because some of the titles on the the playgirl are like leading to something to say hey right. you know there's is-
0: also some people who who, who say that uh, a lot of his rage is coming from his latent homosexuality huh. and I didn't hear that one. somewhat attraction to his son like that that's another Wait, thing what yeah <laughs> there 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 are so many okay. theories that go so you can deep really into, dig this, into film. this movie it's just better to to touch on it and mm-hmm. then just leave it alone yeah. <laughs> because if you want to fall down those rabbit holes you 100% uh-huh. can we we're not going to entertain all of them okay. here. <laughs> it's not worth it in the third segment there's there's several that we will entertain <laughs> but not 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 this one <laughs> but anyway so he, he then goes and he meets ullman who is who is the the manager of the hotel describes to him what he's going to be doing and he just wants to write his book and stay up here in solitude he reminds him there's not going to be any liquor around and he goes that's fine never touch the stuff <laughs> <laughs> like Jack Nicholson just looks like a fucking asshole from the second this movie starts until I mean he, he becomes uber asshole by yeah, the end. Yeah. But he, it like it, like everything, all of his mannerisms, everything he does, every eyebrow twitch, mm-hmm. I'm just it's, like, you I know, you're sick son of a bitch. <laughs> like, he can just, he's Jack. I mean, you want to dislike him the minute you meet him in this movie. Like he feels fake. Yeah. Everything it does, it does. Everything he's doing with these men that they're, it's awkward. Yeah. But do you think that's intentional on his part? I don't know. I, I know. No, but, I think it's it's have Cooper. you ever seen Jack Nicholson yeah, it, <laughs> play in, in the good-hearted guy? You feel
4: like this, like yeah.
1: with
2: terms Jack of Nicholson, endearment. Terms of Endearment. Right. Uh, the, the moment it's I see <laughs> Jack Nicholson, this is the way I feel about right. him in almost every movie
4: I've ever seen. But don't you I think mean, Kubrick knew that? I mean, I think he was using that, you know, to his advantage. Probably. Oh, it's the exact reason, reason why Stephen King didn't
0: want him cast. Yeah, and it's the exact reason why why Stanley Kubrick wanted him mm. cast.
4: I could see it both ways. honestly,
0: Yeah. But anyway, so they return. They return back to to their home. I believe it's in Boulder. They say it's in Boulder. Colorado, uh, you know, home of Matt Stone and Trey Parker, yeah. who were just little tykes Represent. when this movie was coming out. But they it's were supposed to be a gorgeous place.
3: <laughs> so
0: uh, he's he's getting he, his family's packing up, but Danny has had an epileptic spell, I guess you would say, and has kind of fallen. Um, catatonic and the doctor meets with a meets meets with the mother and she's basically telling him that there's something going on with Danny but it's more it's more emotional than it is that than it is psychological that, that it is neurological. Yeah, so
3: he's fine. Physically.
0: So they think that the open space and fresh air of the Overlook Hotel will do him and the rest of the family good. They go up there and uh this is this is a this this part like really gets me. When they first arrive to the Overlook Hotel, everybody's leaving and they they are given the tour and this dude just casually mentions that, yeah, the place is built on an Indian burial ground, and they had to fight <laughs> off some Indians back in the <laughs>
2: day. never a good sign. <laughs> well, that's that's like, any tour has to include that. <laughs> like, I a, mean. Another yeah. film that we almost talked when you, about. When you're only going to be there by yourself, yeah. you have to include the Indian
0: burial right. ground. Yeah. yeah. So, like, a, a, another film we almost mm-hmm. talked about, Poltergeist, yeah. it took us a little bit of while, a little bit of mystery to mm. find out that the entire development was yeah. built on an Indian burial ground. Mm. Here, they're just like, it was, Throwing it, it doesn't matter. Matter. Let's yeah. move on. Let don't me show you the snow it. cats yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the hedge maze. You're gonna love his, it. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna like the way you look, <laughs> you I guarantee. Like it. Look. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so he casually mentions that that, that the that Literally, the bones of this place are built on yeah. the bones of genocide, right. and they move forward on it. Now, mm-hmm. that's another theory that we'll get into. Just get in it out of the way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you,
2: mean, know, yeah. you know, <laughs> you're gonna find out anyway. But hey, <laughs> by the way, he also you know, an Indian burial. Ground. He also warns Jack <laughs> no, think, at yeah.
0: one point that the solitude can get to some people, and he tells him about Grady, the caretaker from from years ago, <laughs> yeah. who who he's a very open. Boss. Did lose his mind <sighs> and chop up his family with an axe, mm-hmm. but. That hasn't happened for years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah. we're sure that you, sir, with the crazy you're eyebrows, different. You're, you're, you're different. <laughs> yeah, I, I like, you. You. Yeah, like you. There's something about you. Maybe yeah. you shouldn't bring your
4: family. No, mm-hmm. none, yeah. none of yeah. that. Yeah.
0: So yeah. they they get to spend their their first time alone uh, exploring the hotel. So. It's at this point where where Scatman Crothers, yes. hollering, takes Danny <laughs> into the... <laughs> the
3: and it's definitely one of my favorite scenes of the movie. It is. It is. Uh, of him and Danny I actually used just his, sitting there.
0: I used talking. him and Danny's voiceover for the, for the musical intro and stuff like that, because yeah. I love that scene where he's sitting there and he's just explaining to him that some people just shine, and that's mm. what him and his grandmother called it, the uh-huh. shine. They would have entire conversations without ever opening their mouths and I, I just love it's its very poetic the way he's talking but then there's also that hint of sinisterism in there mm-hmm. when Danny starts talking about Tony and how Tony tells him to do things and then he pulls room 237 out of Halloran's mind mm-hmm. and starts it flips the whole conversation on because Danny had been silent up to mm-hmm. that point and then he pulls that out of his mind proving that Danny is and the stronger starts, shiner
3: oh yeah yeah uh, and, and then he tip. even says are you afraid of right. this hotel he, well, you know he, he, I like, mean,
0: not quite like that. He's a little bit more innocence to his voice Well, than I know. I'm just.
3: I'm not like you, Dave. I'm sorry. I'm scared. But, uh, but essentially, that's what he was saying. Yeah. And we're asking. You know,
0: he's like, well, what's going on? And, and he knows it, something's right. up. He and don't you go in. Something. You ain't got no business going in there. Right. So, <laughs> Scatman Crothers shuts the, the idea of going into room 237 down. Uh, so, we kind of get like our first tease yeah. that that, that, that there is something sinister something going within yeah. the hotel. And that Halloran isn't quite willing to tell a small child the whole story uh, I guess he's just kind of fingers crossed maybe everything's going to turn out alright mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah hopefully but he also tells Danny how to reach to him how to reach out to him so mm-hmm. now they get to spend kind of like their their first night alone uh, after being shown the hotel and the 42 pork roasts that are sitting in there <laughs> <laughs> and all the massive amounts of food that they will have to to mm-hmm. uh, allow them to eat and Jack for the next... finds a bar <laughs> yeah, and Jack finds the bar so he first spends some time in solitude trying to write mm-hmm. and this moment uh, always sticks out to me in in this movie. Uh, it's their first day, uh, or at least the first day that we're seeing. Shelly Duvall comes up with a tray of. Of food Mm -hmm. and she goes to meet with jack and she tells jack that you know it's 11 o'clock and he's like oh shit i slept in and all that stuff and she starts talking about about his writing and she's just like well i'm sure it's just about you know getting used to it that's all and he goes yep that's all it is (laughs) like he's already right off the bat he hasn't even had any Mm. type of paranormal encounters Mm. he's already being influenced i
4: always took that as as being like they had issues before they got there and now they're already starting to kind of come out again yeah but that's just. But also, he beat just their be, son. Yes, they right, had issues exact, before well, coming yes, there.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he dislocated the kid's shoulder by right. picking him up while right. he was drunk. So was some issues. Yeah. So they they've had issues, but you know clearly, like Shelly Duvall is either too the character of wendy's either too dumb and hopeful to to realize that jack's just a piece of shit or or subservient or and, yeah, yeah or or maybe jack was on the path of some sort of redemption or on he was getting better like he was getting better, uh, like was getting better right. and stuff but here in the I overlook i that opinion yeah, yeah left she, to she, his she, own she devices that
2: maybe this would yeah. straighten him out that she maybe she'll, she thought that since there wasn't supposed to be alcohol right. there or, or anything like that, yeah. maybe she thought this was going to be the thing that was going to mm-hmm. sort well, of. Well, they say in the them.
0: beginning that he hadn't touched a drink since he broke Danny's arm. And that was years, that was months ago. Like mm-hmm. it was a good, a good amount of time, uh, mm-hmm. between then and now. It's just, um, now in his solitude, left to his own devices and the paranormal, mm-hmm. you know, nature of the hotel. Being awoken to the degree that it is, probably because of Danny's presence. Yeah. Um the the book really gets into the fact that Danny is what wakes the hotel up and is it's Danny that that the hotel wants. In in the movie, it very much feels like the hotel wants Jack. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jack's always been there. Jack's Mm -hmm. the one with the feelings of deja vu. Yeah. Um it's it's jack's job in the book to to kill his family trapping them there mm-hmm. um and here it's very different it seems like jack is the one at the hotel hotel's really after yeah. Yeah. um so yeah now we start getting into the typing and it, it, i love that scene where he, where mm-hmm. shelly duvall comes in and he's like if you hear this sound
1: <laughs> that
0: means i'm working if it's silent in here then i'm working and like the the character of jack was originally conceived because that is who stephen who Stephen King thought he was to his family. Mm-hmm. He's had moments where he snapped, mm-hmm. uh, and he even remembers his son at one point playing with his papers after, while, while he was writing, and he did snap on his son, and he did give him a mm-hmm. good a good jerk in the same manner that Jack did. He didn't actually hurt right. his son or son to the hospital, but it's something that made him look inside yeah. himself. So Jack Torrance is the character that Stephen King has always said he's written to be the most like him, Which or is at least the most like 70s uh, Stephen King, who was... <laughs> Um, Which (laughs) (laughs) which is probably why he's so protective of
4: it. And, you know, I mean, everything that, you know, that an author writes is going to be personal, obviously. But this, I feel like this book to him was probably... Very personal. It was so when he saw Kubrick's version of it, changed it. Yeah, I'm sure he took more offense to it than maybe
0: because he he never took offense much to to the tiny things that were changed, like setting wise. Also, he wrote the original script, right? right? Or he did write the original script. Or moment wise, what Stephen King took exception to was the portrayal of his characters. That was not the Jack Torrance that that he wrote. That was not the Wendy that he wrote. So So and and also also he was denied his 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 cameo that he would normally like to do in his movies okay, he, so that. he's not in here he cameos where just he, about, where was he supposed to be do you know n- i have no clue but he was supposedly huh. denied his cameo he could have been the um the hotel manager's yeah. assistant.
4: I could see something like that. You know, the yeah.
3: hotel manager had that guy right in the yeah. get go, right next would've to him perfect. when he that first was the, opened up the
0: movie. So that was the that was the on season caretaker. That's the guy who was actually testing Jack out.
2: I would have been liked been to have seen better. him as like the, the like the policeman down that was
3: like man yeah. the radio or something like that. oh yeah, well yeah. That's, that's, yeah. that's 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 a possibility. Our dad's on a like murderous
0: rampage. Over Oh thank God I thought that was I'm glad that was over oh the simpsons the Shining is so good uh anyway i can't think of this movie without thinking I can't, of that. It's, it's weird that, that 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 is art imitating art and yeah. then now it has superseded the original yep. art to us in that yeah. we grew up in an age with the simpsons more so than we grew up in an age with the shining true, yeah so our our recollection of the shining is tied very it's like heavily I think the to The simpsons. first and then the sh- yeah don't <laughs> you mean shining white <laughs> boy you want to get sued yeah <laughs> mm. You know how to reach Willy, but don't reach out to Willy between four and five. <laughs> That's Willy time. Willy time. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Simpson's got its normal yeah. mention on our show. Like it should. So, this is around the time that Jack starts visiting the bar. Uh, and he is met by what's that bartender? Lloyd. 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 Yeah, he, he meets My Lord Lord. Lloyd. My favorite character in the movie yeah. is Lloyd. He meets Lloyd, you know. Mo, give me a beer. No, not unless you kill your family, <laughs> Homer.
1: <laughs> Uh, Lloyd, <laughs> Lloyd is creepy.
0: creepy. Lloyd yes. is creepy. You know, uh and it's it's that first drink of first off Jay you want to you want to jump in. Jack orders orders bourbon. What's he get? A uh, Jack Daniels. Which is what, Jay? Tennessee mash, a Tennessee mash. Mm. He doesn't even get what he ordered. Lloyd's a shitty bartender. Wow. He <laughs> yeah. So already, hey, well, things, you don't know have yeah. much to
3: choose from, though.
0: And <laughs> of course, true, Jack yeah. Daniels wants to be
3: bourbon. Right. But wants to be classified. <laughs> well, as... So, mm.
4: is the alcohol actually there, or is it? I mean, does that not matter? It's not there. It doesn't it's matter. There. Okay. it
0: doesn't matter though.
4: Because I didn't know if he was actually drinking. Or...
0: No, it's, it's 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 the first moment of the hotel uh, manifesting. Well, it's, it's putting its influence of, like, over the, Jack? It's
2: mentioned of the money as well. Like I, I find that's kind of important as well. Like he kind of says to the fact that that he only has a certain amount of money in his wallet to, to pay for drinks he's got two
0: 20s two 10s in his pocket, his yeah. pocket and he wasn't planning on going home with it
2: yeah so. exactly so it, that kind of like dry drives him like okay so i i, I have this
0: much to I to be a spend little light lloyd to, yeah exactly <laughs> your money's no good here sir <laughs> that's what i like to hear mm.
4: <laughs> So I he, wish everyone at home could see Dave's impression. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's uncanny. Can't
3: wait for YouTube.
0: It doesn't sound like it, but I, I know I know I get the eyebrows going yeah, way definitely. up. <laughs> uh, so he, he he does start drinking. This is where we get his story about you know just just a couple inches of of uh, yeah. a pressure per square inch, and his arm would have been yeah. fine, but he yanked too he hard. You can tell
4: it haunts him, right? It does. This. It yeah, very
0: yeah. much does, but. Uh, I I think a lot of people could relate to that, especially back
3: then when. So we talk about disciplinary was a little different back then.
0: (laughs) It is from this moment on that it is a a very much a downward spiral of of Jack, where you could feel that there's some moments where he is the first time he's talking to nobody. Where he's I mean, (laughs) the rest of the time he's like, yeah, (laughs) it's okay to talk to yourself. It's when you start (laughs) answering yourself that you got a real fucking problem, or offering yourself (laughs) drinks and. But this is also when uh, when Shelly comes to him, this is after Danny was attacked in room two, three, seven, and he does. The, Are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's, already <laughs> he's already losing it. He's
0: already losing it. She bothers him at the bar. And that's just the way he looks at her and he's silent and his lip curls in a little bit and his eyes squint a little bit and he's studying <laughs> her face for a few moments. Are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> yeah, he's the one sitting there talking to a ghost, and
2: she's just, the one out of her mind. She's got the fucking audacity to turn her <laughs> <didn't even> head. <laughs> Lloyd, that. do you believe that shit? Come on, Lloyd. Come on, Lloyd. Give me, give me some more bourbon.
0: <laughs> so, uh, so Danny was already attacked in room two three seven uh, off screen. All that stuff, you know, yeah, never happened. Really... This is when Shelley Duvall uh, accuses him of. Mm-hmm. Of you know yeah, a, like, of, of attacking right. Danny, and then Danny uh, you know comes out of his catatonic state off screen again, tells her that it was a woman in two three seven. She goes to visit him at the bar. He goes, he then goes to two three seven to to check it out, and this is more of the hotel drawing him in. This is when Dave uses his uh, pause button. On My, on well, yeah, VHSR, <laughs> the, the VHS that I rented from the library <laughs> over Back and over and over. A and little, over, little yeah. bit looser on what you can see on the screen. <laughs> so yeah, so so true. two things about about the bathroom scene with. With the woman that's getting out of the bathtub. First off, Hard was, that, was that a. No. <laughs> <laughs> was that a Merkin? was what I was going to ask, Jack. <laughs> and secondly, do you guys think that the hotel was trying to draw him in with a beautiful woman something to to keep him there right something to keep him interested something to keep yeah. him coming back to 237. we also see we get shots of danny you know shining and his head shaking and his and his mm-hmm. and his yeah. lips and like do you think danny's the one that made her look like the old crone hmm. what he saw in a in, in a bid to keep his father from falling under hmm. the overlook's spell which is uh, that's the way i've always that's, read it that makes sense yeah i could see that you know it starts out the, the only reason that jack becomes a In that room is because Danny puts a different image Mm. in his head than what the hotel is is doing. And like I I always took it as Danny is trying to save his father while the overlook is trying to take it's like a bid for Jack's soul. See, I take
3: it as just the powers of the room is building Mm. and it's so intense where he's feeling it. Because it's yeah. revving up so much, where yeah. that's why he was shaking and he always was like, getting in. clear
0: to me how much Danny knew. Because the power well, what was so, going on. So later on, to Hall- when Danny's reaching out to Halloran, he's having the same look on his face, and Halloran isn't getting clear messages from Danny. He's only being given images that Danny is showing him. So I, I that's what makes me wonder whether yeah. Danny is showing or him feelings. the same image. Right. He's, I could see it
4: either way, honestly. So, yeah.
0: but that's the way I always took but that scene. But again, this movie doesn't spell everything so out for you. Just, yeah, you can yeah. interpret it however, however you interpret it. So, I mean, I, I understand that we're running through the plot here a little bit, but honestly, this is a very simple plot. So there's there's not a whole lot. Jack goes crazy. So so Jack's descent into madness becomes complete when Shelly Duvall has now locked her and Danny into into the quarters upstairs, uh, while Jack has pretty much been in the Colorado ballroom the entire time. <laughs> that, that
2: always working. interests me too. Is like. They've got this like like weird little room that they're living in. The pantry, you mean? Or? Yeah, no, no. Oh. They're the room that they're staying in yeah. at the hotel is like this offshoot. It Maybe is it has very to do. Queen,
4: yeah, but they yeah, they've got this whole. whole the whole it's house, it's they the whole cozy.
0: It's, They'll love it. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Jack, Jack makes them stay in there. Coosy. Yeah.
0: Jack has the run of the house. No, I mean, the the place is large enough that if you don't want to see somebody, you don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to. And I think it, it, it came to an understanding. And this could also go to the fact that maybe Jack was fighting his urges. To, to kill his family, because it's only after he meets Grady in the bathroom that he is set to to kill them, mm-hmm. right? Because we get that scene in the red yeah. bathroom just outside of the Colorado ballroom the, where where the, 19 tw- the the 4th of July party from 1921 yeah. is going on all around them. He starts talking about that feeling like he's always been there and stuff like that. Yeah. And Grady's like, you, you have always been here. And he's like, you were the caretaker here. You killed your family mm-hmm. with an axe. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, sir. You have always been the caretaker here. And it's like, it's this, mm. you know, it's, it's the hotel again, bringing him into he's, al- he's always belonged there. Mm. That feeling of deja vu that he talks about in the beginning of the film where, and it wasn't deja vu like any other deja vu you ever felt. He knew what was going to be around every corner because the hotel was making him feel that way. Mm. Cause Jack has always been there. Or hasn't, an, and it doesn't matter because I don't think time or reality have any relevance within the overlook, no. especially during the off seasons <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. So uh, a- after meeting Grady in the ballroom, in in the ballroom bathroom, and getting cleaned up after Grady spilled a drink on him, it, it, that's almost the moment that Jack's resolved that he will kill his mm-hmm. family. Shelly Duvall's already locked herself he makes in the a room, decision, yeah. um, but she she's made also the decision that she's going to leave she's going to take one of the snow cats um and she's going to take it down the mountain if jack wants to come then she's hoping he'll feel better once he gets away from the hotel if he doesn't want to come she'll 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 take danny and she'll make sure someone goes up there to check on him and that's what she's resolved to do now, i can't yep. remember is this before or after the little girls this is after. This yeah, is after. So
2: little girls in the we, hallway. We, 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 did, breathe, we did. We did
0: skip through. Uh, Danny. I mean, because that's
2: an iconic scene from the mm. from the movie. Danny's I mean.
0: three travels around the hotel. Um, I was actually going to get into them in the in our third half when we talk about behind the scenes stuff because some of the architectural design of how he's traveling on that will on that uh big wheel throughout the rooms is impossible. Mm. Like. He literally turns a corner, and what you see out of the left side in the background was is the downstairs, and he was just in a hallway that we've seen previously was in the downstairs. But so, it looks cool. But it looks cool. So, yeah, so um, is, but some people say that that's intentional. That I think that it, it of, might be. That it could, Danny's trips yeah. on the big wheel may not actually mm. be Danny riding around on a big wheel. This may be him traveling the hotel you know without his body mm-hmm. um, sort or going of
4: going back and forth in time astral or,
0: projecting it could be a lot of, yeah astral projecting but that is where he runs into the that's where he does run into the the two sisters yeah. uh, who you know come play with us mm-hmm. Danny mm-hmm. and those were Grady's daughters who he chopped to bits and his wife was none too pleased that he did so mm. so he chopped that's her to good. bits at least they're aware <laughs> of it so,
2: well they I are told up front and it's not like that's not like a secret
0: <laughs> if you think about it um, his dad is down the colorado room working when he first discovers room 237 right um and he's he's above his father uh and that's when he discovers room 237 in the moment that he sees the twins he's directly above where his mother is in the boiler room uh and so there's like this idea that the twins serve as a warning and are very much tied to wendy whereas the negative spirits and everything negative going on around is tied Mm. to jack so uh, anyway, uh, now now Jack, uh, Wendy leaves the the solitude of their room, goes down to to meet with Jack. And we get my favorite One scene of the, best scenes, yeah. of, of the sure. entire movie. Uh, she confronts Jack. She's telling him she's going to leave. And this scene reportedly took 137 takes. Mm-hmm. Um, the cameraman have gone on record to say it was more between the lines of 30 and 45, not 100. and. Okay. Still a lot. Still a, Still a lot. lot. Yeah. But uh, this is Jack, you know, uh, Jack just coming after Wendy, and he's doing it very slow and he's very talking to give
1: her. Me back.
0: Give me that. Give me that. Give me that. <laughs> give me that. Woo! Ha,
3: I love it,
4: though. <laughs> you always
0: confuse it with The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> right, because The Simpsons really starts, like, when The yeah. Simpsons does the shinning, they really start parodying, <laughs> do- you know, Jack Nicholson's performance, yeah. and then he takes it to Three Stooges level, and he goes in yeah. different directions with it, and he really homer it. <laughs> don't mind if I do. <laughs> yeah, no TV, no beer, make Homer something, <laughs> something. something, something so- go, creep. Go- don't mind if I do. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so anyway good, so good. but anyway jack is you know i don't i don't want to hurt you wendy i just want to bash your fucking brains in <laughs> i don't want to hurt you just give it a bad give, give it a bad give it a bit. and then he she hits his hand and he's like oh you bitch and she smacks him across the head and i love the dazed look that he gives right there it's just this moment where he gets hit in the head and he's just like Ugh he just like stumbles down the stairs and hurts his leg uh is clearly knocked out cold and she drags him locks him into the pantry until Mm -hmm. grady and lloyd can come uh their spirits talk to him from the other side of the wall
1: yeah
0: and free him while she frantically runs up to the apartment tries to get danny out and this is when jack you know breaks in case of fire takes the axe and starts <laughs> and ad-libs yeah, and, and starts ad-libs. going around the house and ad-libs a lot of his lines are ad-lib yep. throughout this film You know, he starts chopping down the door he he obviously gets to the bathroom door Shelley Duvall can't fit through the window Danny's already on the outside and she's telling him to run and we get the you know the iconic now this is a, a moment that like I absolutely love in the film for camera work alone you know someone swinging an axe is actually yeah that's pretty mm. mundane right like yeah we've seen that before um, um, but the way the camera like draws Pins back, them, yeah. almost removes Jack from the frame entirely, yeah. and then follows the axe back mm-hmm. into the door over that. and over yeah. and over again. Um, and one of the things that I find interesting is they had to build... Th- Thirty odd
3: sixty doors.
0: They built so the first door they built, they didn't want to be as hard as like any other door because they wanted it to have some some weight to it, but they also wanted it to break. What they didn't know is that Jack Nicholson had been a volunteer firefighter for years and actually. Had a lot of experience swinging axes into doors. So when he swings his axe into the door, of the first it completely shattered. Like he just he he turned he turned the whole thing to splinters. So they had to keep creating new doors, new doors, new doors, new doors, new doors. So he finally they, they finally get it right after sixty some takes of him breaking down various doors for him to come in and give us the <laughs> iconic "Here's Johnny," uh, <laughs> or "I'm Merv Griffin." <laughs> yeah, but- All this tonight on 60 Minutes. Ah! And you could tell that he was, you know, that he'd been doing it for a while because you can see it in his face. He's just they, one of my favorite things yeah. behind the scenes is like oh. watching Jack Nicholson Have you seen that clip on keep himself page? hyped. Yeah, like in that moment, get himself ready for yeah. that. Yeah, like know. people were giving him a, a wide berth because he's yeah. holding that axe and he's doing calisthenics with it. He's yeah. he's doing like jumping jacks with it, and he Give him is room. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's literally like like off on his own, standing yeah. in front of a door, himself up, and he's yeah. just like, come on come on, yeah. come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You You gruesome son of a bitch. Come and get me. (laughs) (laughs) It's
2: like when they talk about uh, Heath Ledger as the Joker. We talked about like- Heath Ledger is the Joker how he would yeah. psych
0: himself up with mm-hmm. like that's exactly what Jack Nicholson that, was yeah. doing here and I'm sure it's very similar to his Joker as yeah. well uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, this I mean he is truly just mad at this point mm-hmm. like he is just he's just lost his mind well, he oh, really yeah, he's gone at this times,
4: point. I mean yeah
0: he he's, he's gone at this point yeah. so he, he you know he breaks down the door Shelly Duvall cuts his hand and this is when Danny's call to Scatman Crothers and his 24 hour travel from Miami <laughs> uh, with his pictures of 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 beautiful that just poor. just afro women were just surrounding <laughs> that him.
4: Poor guy. He gets all the way there. And,
0: I know. So
2: uh, he, he he gets he, to Miami, he, has to turn around. <laughs> yeah. Always the way. So he uh. so
0: he gets he gets there to finally to the Overlook Hotel to to liberate Danny and Wendy and gets an axe <laughs> promptly in his chest, which is different than the book. He does get hurt in the book, but he survives and actually goes on to have some role in Danny's life huh. moving forward. But here, he, he dies pretty unceremoniously. Like um, and, you know, this is... his after all the trip <laughs> I, I, it
3: did leave a bad taste in my way. mouth. I wish I... I wish she had more to do. I know. Don't, don't get we get see him back? on the it, plane coming it, in and all yeah, everything? Yeah, and it was such a big, big build-up, and then yeah. it's like, uh, really,
0: that's it? Yeah, you know, I, I know. It's like it's, that, it's the one gone. thing of this movie that like I I don't like. Maybe it's, but it's also a horror movie. The black man has to die first, right? He was no, but I think I think good. also what it comes what it comes down to was this for Kubrick possibly this was a story of this family and the outsider coming in. He was a beacon yeah of hope that had breaks that tension and and that tension has to be. Mm-hmm. Quashed pretty right. quickly for you to stay in that. But it moment. is sort of funny how they show, but him, like, it's also a thread still, that like
3: like a quick moment where he saves Danny for a second.
4: You he know, did, just he did like by that. distracting him. But that also would be well, too <laughs> expected, I think.
0: Yeah, his body serves a purpose to Wendy later on. So Danny gets out and uh, uh, he hides. He hides, and I've always thought that Steven Spielberg had the kids hide inside the cabinets of the Spielberg? kitchen. Spielberg, right? What I say, Spielbergo? Spielberg. <laughs> Like no, Spielberg, right? Yeah, Spielberg he, had the kids oh. hide in in inside the the kitchen cabinets oh, was, in Jurassic Park. <laughs> I thought oh. you were trying to an, because him. we know about, we yeah. know that Spielberg. I <laughs> was
2: wondering where it was going. Yeah, I, I was like, can I say
0: Spielberg? <laughs> <laughs> okay,
2: Simpsons so you, you're leading into yeah. Jurassic Park. Okay, okay. So now I'm, so, I'm with you.
0: And we always know that that Steven Spielberg is a huge fan of Stanley Kubrick. Oh, yeah. So I always yeah. thought that that. Uh, Lex and Tim hiding inside the, the cabinets mm-hmm. of the kitchen yeah. from the raptors was an homage to Danny hmm. hiding inside the cabinets of the kitchen yeah, from Jack as he, as he goes past. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after, after Howard is killed, uh, that's when Danny leaves and Jack gives chase. Wendy gets the, gets, becomes brave enough to leave uh, the apartment and she starts walking around. And this is the moment that Wendy starts seeing paranormal stuff going on she sees she sees the dog-faced man going down on the man with a tuxedo uh, she sees Howran's dead body which is kind of like the catalyst that starts bringing things to life mm-hmm. she sees Grady standing in a hallway with a scotch in his hand mm-hmm. with a big gash going down his forehead presumably from when he killed himself mm-hmm. and then uh, she turns around and sees uh, the, the blood rushing out of the elevator mm-hmm. um, which was a shot that took three takes But each take took nine days to set up and they were months apart so it actually was a shot that took almost a year to film wow. by the time they were done worth it yeah <laughs> worth it uh, it's a fantastic shot it is um, e- each time he said it either didn't look enough like blood or he didn't like the way it flowed he wanted a little bit of symmetry to the blood he wanted it to come down the hallway in like oh. this even like wave so finally if you look at that last shot there's 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 a symmetry the, to the shot, shot. Yeah, the,
3: the, the math behind that shot probably was extensive you know Absolutely. as far as like and there's people the size there's people who believe much. that
0: the blood in the elevator is representing the fact that this place is built on the blood of the dead natives and on genocide and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, it, like Perhaps. literally, if you think about it, the elevator shaft would be going into the ground yeah. where the dead are buried. Right. So it makes sense that it would take their mm-hmm. blood up. It's funny though because the blood usually gets off on the third floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, So, this is when uh, Jack and Danny are taking their tour of the maze, and we know that Danny knows how to get through the maze because him and his mother have gone through Mm. the maze several times themselves, and he knows how to get out. And this little boy who... Look, I'm not saying Danny's dumb or anything, but he's shown zero intelligence practically throughout the film. He's been very much uh, a character that things are happening to, um, Uh. that we've been exploring, and I think... But you the, really
4: don't know if he's going to make it out of that.
0: Right. That but, point, but while yeah. watching this, I think like when he starts like making the steps backwards and he covers up his tracks and he hides from his dad and stuff like that, I, I started to think like maybe some of the stuff at the Overlook was Danny mm. too. Like m- like maybe Danny has more control over things than he knows that he has. Possibly. Um, well, you know, read
4: Dr. Sleep, so you might know more than us, I
0: guess. I, I read that literally uh, when it came out. So that was what, three or four years ago? Okay. And I. Immediately did not like. Does it. that give the, any more insight into his character? Yeah, uh, d- d- okay. it gives a little bit more insight into Jack and how Danny how Danny grows up and reacts to everything that happened and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, he 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 turns out very much like jack oh. in a way so yeah there's there's i he, mean he, he's <laughs> drinking to to dull the shine in himself sense, uh, so yeah. okay. um anyway uh far from the point jack freezes the death out there and danny basically commits patricide right like he, he killed his father right he he, he well, his father was trying to kill
1: him uh, yeah.
0: you know to be fair yeah. <laughs> to be fair <laughs> uh I mean, yeah, I guess, but there's 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 a bit of an Oedipus thing that's going on here a little bit as well because Jack even says, you know, when he's going back and forth with Wendy about Danny, about you think we should get him to a doctor, huh? You think that's his needs? What about my needs, huh? Did you ever think about me? And like he starts like he starts mm-hmm. getting in it with her, and to me, like I was like there. There is somewhat of a tension between Jack, at least from Jack's point of view, and Danny and the attention that he garners from Wendy that Jack is not getting. Mm -hmm. So there is somewhat of like an Oedipus thing going on here. Yeah,
3: he's probably not getting laid. And
0: Oedipus... Can't drink anymore. And on on the road back to the kingdom... He can't
3: write his book. He's frustrated (laughs) all around. On the
0: the road back back to the kingdom that he came from, Oedipus unknowingly kills his father, marries his mother, and... Unknowingly, though. Unknowingly... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just saying there's a bit of an oedipus oh, thing there's all kinds of things going, going on, on here even. uh and and i mean and and the film just kind of ends with jack frozen yeah. with that you know somewhat I, hilarious smile. face but also like it haunting face yeah. Yeah. as well like yeah. there is no humility in death you know what i mean like he stayed crazy yeah you know? and uh we get the shot of of him in 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 the f- in the picture front row in the picture at the Fourth of July ball nineteen twenty one and the movie just kind of ends right there leaves you to wonder like whether Jack has always been there mm-hmm. is that why he had that feeling or, or is he there now or like it? what hold over reality does the does the Overlook Hotel have because I I and it, it's a
3: big part of the why this yeah. is is such a success yeah and uh, it is because the the banter talking about this movie after you get out of the screening you know you,
2: you don't know if it's the Hotel that's doing it all, or if it's something more, it's like they don't they don't close that so book, they don't close that chapter. I'll tell putting you this. A, an ending in there saying, "Oh, it was the book, it was the sorry, it was the hotel that was doing this the whole time." Yeah. They don't give that explanation.
0: I'll say this: in the book, in The Shining, it it wasn't about Jack. Jack was the tool that the Overlook Hotel was using to get to Danny. Um, it was all about Danny. The overlook hotel's power was amplified by his presence. it needed it needed Danny. it was awoken by him and his shine. So, they
3: wanted Danny to die so he can stay there forever.
0: Essentially, there's there's different and well, let, all right. So we're to stay there and so run. now that's over. Let's head over and let's let's get into our final bits of this.
1: No TV and no beer make Homer something something go oh,
4: crazy.
1: Don't mind if I do. <laughs> Stay away from me, Homer!
4: Give me the bat, Marge! Give me the bat.
1: Give me
4: the bat. Come on. Give me the bat. Give me the
0: bat. <laughs> Dirty cat. Yeah. <sighs> let's just get let's let's get into some book and movie differences we talked about a few of them the characters of jack and wendy are completely different wendy in in this book is in the movie is a very traumatized person she's been traumatized by jack and you get this feeling like maybe she's been traumatized by other men in her life like she's walking on eggshells right which is why she's she's this very meek timid person uh the the character of wendy in the book was more like the blonde bimbo cheerleader type Hmm. who had never dealt with any type of adversity in her life so she was completely unprepared for this situation um, both of them still wind up kind of going to pieces in it however the, the the Wendy in the book I would say is a little bit more naive as to what is going on um, Jack is more of a redeemable character in the book in the end it's actually Jack who kind of winds up being the hero mm. um, it, it's not it, he, he isn't going around the house trying to kill his family with an axe he's trying to kill them with a croquet mallet and it's oh, Danny's totally he, it's Danny's head that he wants mm. to bash in as the hotel is, is trying to force him to bash Danny's head in, uh, he actually turns to Croquet mallet on himself and starts bashing his own head and tells Danny to run. Uh, and there is this metaphor of the boiler. Like, he is the caretaker. And we see in the movie that Shelley Duvall is the one down in the boiler room, like, you know, messing with the boilers and stuff like that, burning them at certain times to, to both heat the hotel. Doing the work, yeah. But also that he was
2: supposed to be doing. That she- he was supposed to be doing. It. Yeah,
0: That's also part of the book as well, but they use the boiler as, like, this metaphor of, like, Building pressure and it, it lets off steam, and and the steam comes out as like this high pitched whistle and stuff. So when he starts neglecting going down to the boiler and and firing them up from time to time, pressure builds mm-hmm. up, and eventually the boiler, the boiler the boiler the boiler blows and is what mm-hmm. catches the whole the whole uh, out overlook on fire. Mm-hmm. And it happens right after he balks on killing Danny and allows Danny to mm-hmm. escape. So it's it, it's like you know if 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 the overlook can't have him, no one will, mm-hmm. and. It it burns itself to the ground. Jack dies in the flames. Hmm. Um, uh, also, in the book, we know that instead of a maze, it is it is hedges that come to life. Which Stanley Kubrick wasn't actually against the hedges coming to life. Uh, he just didn't see how he could make it. I look could shoot it. Yeah. How he could shoot it and make it look oh. correct for Believe the screen. You'd have to do it through sound. Exactly. There's just no way. Exactly. So he, he he decided to go with the maze instead. Uh, also, there's a moment with a with a wasp's nest on the roof. Where Jack like this is sort of like in the inception of him like teetering on the edge. And the sound of the buzzing is also meant to like represent his madness and stuff like that boiling to the surface. Uh so he's a much different character in the book, a little bit more redeemable. Uh and and, and it does take quite a bit for Jack to fall down the rabbit hole of madness than mm-hmm. it does in the it, well, it's Stephen it's, King likes to write a lot of pages. Right. So sure. It, it was always, gradual. It was always something like in the movie it's Something that's brewing right underneath Jack's sur- surface, yeah. in 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 the book, it's something that the Overlook has to draw out of him mm-hmm. and, and and reduce him to these animalistic nature that 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 he is. Um, so th- those Once are like, able to convey that kind of stuff. Exactly. Easier, those, you know, those yeah. th- those are just ninety minutes. Those are whatever. some of the major differences. Two two hours and thirty uh, two hours and thirty two minutes. Well, that the movie has. Wait, to, this this is two hours and thirty two minutes. Shining is two hours and thirty two oh, wow. minutes. Yeah. Well, it goes by quick. It does. It does. <laughs> So Did not realize that. <laughs> so the, the, those are just like I mean, there's a ton. Like we could sit here forever and go about the. the Actually, Doctor Sleep is two thirty-five. Yeah, there we we can go through yeah. all all the all the you know all the gritty details of the difference between be, between the books and and the movie. How? But those are like the those are like some of like just like the mm. main the main things that, that Jack and Wendy are kind of two completely different characters mm. than the way they're portrayed. But I think in the film,
4: this movie is all about the imagery. I mean, it's, like I said, iconic. I mean, just think of all those different shots in this film that's just, you know...
0: If you want to see the... Part of cinema history. If you want to see the fateful... Stephen King adaptation. Just go watch the made for ABC movie, yeah. The Shining. It's four hours long, I and seen it's that one. nowhere near as yeah. good as not as, as this. memorable.
1: Yeah. I'm getting well. That's it it sucks. I mean, look at <laughs> look sucks. at
2: almost a lot of Stephen King's movies. That when he tried to put the ones that were like very faithful to his books, mm. they're like hours long. I yeah. mean, the Langoliers, <laughs> the Langoliers. Uh, <laughs> his books are well, just inherently different. You know, just no, just like to this. get all that information in, you have mm. to have well, they're all, a they, six to eight hour mm. movie. They're always they're Different uh, animal. I yeah. mean, look
0: at the stand. Mini series events is what they used to yeah. be yeah. on. On which uh, actually anything. makes
4: more sense than the film, I would say. Yeah, for, yeah. It, for the most part, hundred percent. Yeah.
0: So th- those are just our, our major differences and stuff like that. Uh, I think we went through like a lot of like the behind the scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we 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 went through some of the most we interesting on stuff. A lot of it, yeah. yeah, we touched on a lot of it, where you know the actors and their ad libbing and stuff. We talked. Uh, we talked about Stanley Kubrick torturing Shelley Duvall, <laughs> which she did say made made a better okay. performance, right? Right. She in in the end, she did go back and say like, you know, it's very like it, it's effective. <laughs> it, it was it, it was for the betterment of the film, mm-hmm. and she was a better actress for at it. Time, but at the time, actors weren't doing that kind of
3: stuff. Uh, you know? even, so, this was kind of
0: new. Even Scatman Crothers for a lot of his scenes, like uh, he had to do multiple, multiple, multiple takes. His next movie was Bronco Billy, I believe it was, and it was directed by Clint Eastwood. Mm-hmm. And Clint Eastwood is the opposite oh, of Stanley is Kubrick. The opposite. He One and done. He's the easiest. <laughs> he guy takes ever. one take and That's moves good on. Enough, moving and, on. Uh, He's
3: like you good with that? Scatman Crothers <laughs> when he
0: did his when he did his take when he did his one take for for Bronco Billy and he was told that they're moving on to the next scene. He broke down and started crying. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's he good. broke down and started crying because thank you. <laughs> th- like he had no happiness or he had he no clue. Just... He had no clue that it could be like this. Wow. all he knew was the abuse of standing. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but was Kubrick like that on all his films? I yeah, I've heard that. One. Sure. Yep. that yeah. 2001 really? was exactly the same yeah. way. even
3: Right, and even, yeah. even with Eyes Were Shut. I think it does come from him all of It all movies, over yeah. an hour, they, or, over a year they filmed that movie. Yeah. I
0: think it comes from him being yeah, a but some, and a perfectionist. Right, yeah. but, but sometimes the takes that you're doing, you could be acting perfectly, but he doesn't care what your mm. acting's doing. He cares about that light. What yeah. Is, there's, I don't know. Yeah. It's casting a weird shadow. I mean, we need to change that. Yeah. Let's do what I was
2: Studios were It could be the littlest thing, and it would, and it would, the would studios, set the. Whole if you think thing about
0: it, back, things, back when they were shooting on film, that's expensive as hey, shit. That's, that's exactly what I was thinking. That's yeah. expensive as hell. Um, now on digital, so that, that doesn't
4: just, mean anything. It's just time. But that also shows how much clout he had at that point, because that the
0: fact that he could just shoot rolls and rolls of. Film. After oh, Doctor Strangelove, uh, and I, time and manpower. After Doctor yeah. Strangelove, I think he was given a ton of leeway. Like that, that won Oscars. So I mean, like that, that was the moment where everyone's like. Yeah, just right. Do, Go ahead. Do your yeah. thing. Yeah. You're dealing with something. It's also why, like, I mean, how many directorial films does he have? Like 10? Like mm-hmm. he, he, it's not like yeah, just he just do this directed, like, a, a not the most prolific one, every five, mm-hmm. six, sometimes even taking decades off between, right. he between, was more so. quality over quantity. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, we, we, we did, we did touch on, on a lot of that stuff. One of the things that we didn't touch on was like the crew and how the crew deals with things. Right. So a lot of this film was filmed on steady and and mm-hmm. uh, the, the gentleman who who, who invented Ste- Steady Cam, I I, I I know his last name is Brown. Uh, he signed Rocky,
1: o- <laughs> <No> Rocky Brown. <laughs> so,
0: oh, so he signed on for we're getting to Rocky. Give yeah. me a second. He signed. Well, that on. was the first. One. He he signed on for six months to be on this film, and everyone told him, "Yeah, it'll be six months." Cooper's like, "It'll be six months," and everyone else who had worked with Cooper before just laughed at him and went, "Why you got another gig?" He says, "Yeah, in six months I have to go film Rocky two over in Philadelphia," and he's like. <laughs> Yeah, you, not, you ain't going to make that. You're not going to make that. Mm-hmm. This film th- th- film's going to take over a year and a half to film. And he's like, no, it won't. <laughs> Six months go by. They haven't even shot half the footage they need to shoot with his steady cam. Mm. And he is now on a flight every Friday night going over to Philadelphia <sighs> so that he could film Rocky come the morning. And then he was on a flight back Friday night so that he could start filming The <laughs> Shining again
4: you're never leaving this hotel. <laughs> yep. so,
0: and he did that. He did that for yeah. now. Rocky only took six months to film. So for six months, he did that. Mm. And then he still had to come back to yeah, L street studios and film the rest of the show and then going, we're, working with Stallone. That's a funny trivia. Yeah. I like that. That's so I never yeah. heard that one. So uh, on, on top of that, like uh, Kubrick filmed this movie in sequential order. He didn't that's wild yeah that, that never happens that no. never happens because you he took up the entire Again, he took up the entire budget, lot yeah at l at l street studios mm-hmm. it was all it was it was his it that lot was his for a year and then it burned <laughs> down and then it burnt down because <laughs> uh, they, they, the interior set for the Colorado room had those windows, and they had to use studio lighting on the outside mm. through glass. Uh, temperature got up to over 140 degrees at times on set, mm. and someone left the, the stage lights on while they were not in there filming. They were off on another set filming, and that set burnt down. Luckily, uh-huh. they were able to rebuild it. But it burned down during filming during okay. filming uh, but yeah. they were actually done with that set when it burned down okay. no. um, so they actually wow. were able to rebuild it and then it was reused in Raiders of the Lost Ark oh, okay. uh, Steven Spielberg came in and filmed his feature right hm. in there right after Kubrick was done with it after its renovations mm. after Kubrick but nothing ha- it down. happened to the actual location I'm assuming no okay no no. Okay. So, um, and, and then the, the final one, which I've now read a bunch of things, which is actually bullshit, is that the reason that it was changed to room 237 was the fact that it was actually a real room that existed mm-hmm. that i'm sorry that 217 which yeah, is 217 the, existed yeah, was but 2317 doesn't exist and now i've heard that that's actually bullshit he just changed it because 237 was something that was more visually pleasing to him mm. the numbers and the numbers oh, are so kubrick changed kubrick changed it, it from t- 2017 so there's all these different stories about why it was changed mm-hmm. from 217 oh, to I 237 because
2: hear I, I heard that it was it was because there was it no also equals 42 because, 2
0: like, times 3 times 7 yeah. is 42. 42 is supposed to be a repeating number that occurs all throughout it's the meaning this. of life. Yeah. It's the, it's the answer to everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But there there is Watch that rumor that, that like 42 <laughs> 42 is a repeating number. All, all the visibles of 7 are repeating numbers throughout this film. Mm-hmm. And now we start getting into the deeper theories guys before we jump in oh, to our no. next movie cocktail. So our deeper theories. Uh some people yes, believe Kubrick did film The Moon Landing. The Moon Landing, the moon landing. is yes. true.
2: Deeper.
3: That's, that's, that's true. true. That's true. That's some true. people you
4: can confirm that right here. Yeah. Some People believe you've heard it here first.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
3: there is no space, everybody. <laughs> it doesn't no exist. No such thing. Any the doesn't exist. exist. Any Earth's flat.
2: Uh, <laughs> and trust yeah. me, I'm from well, the other side.
0: True, I mean. <laughs> 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 I'm so, from the flat side. <laughs> <laughs> so he uh, supposedly, like, there. This movie is the confession. To him, having filmed the moon landing uh, when you see when you see the 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 key uh, for room two three seven it says room n little o." Two three seven and two three seven was apparently like the room number for for the soundstage that he used oh, while filming the moon landing. Well, then really you've got good. and then, then, then you've you got take Danny's Je- Danny's Apollo sweater at one sweater. point says Apollo thirteen. If you take it. the inverse of room no two three seven and you kind of scramble it just a little bit and then you also leave that there, then it becomes moon room. Um, there's also a guy who who went through all of his shots from 2001 Space Odyssey. Mm-hmm and the way he used matte painting and then foreground set and stuff like that and hit it almost seamlessly throughout 2001. And then you watch the moon landing in almost all of the scenes in the moon landing. Someone can pick out the matte painting in the background and the stage in the front. <laughs> you can really go down the rabbit hole. You can really go down the rabbit hole with, this movie, really you know? rabbit hole with this movie. Uh, do I think Oh, we, Kubrick in general. <laughs> yeah, do yeah, I think true. we went to the moon? Yes. Uh, and even this guy who comes up with this theory said, we went to the moon in 1971. We did not go to the moon in 1969. <laughs> kubrick actually filmed that one but we like, did eventually get to
2: have, have you seen that meme that that basically says something effective like uh, yes kubrick filmed the moon landing except he was such a perfectionist that he actually wanted to go on location to film <laughs> so he went to the
0: moon
4: <laughs> that's pretty
0: good though. so do we believe that theory no but if you want to jump down the rabbit hole of theories the, the documentary on IFC room 237 mm-hmm. that's right up your alley yeah. um, there's there's a lot of stuff in there supposedly Kubrick was reading subliminal message you know books you know how advertisers were using subliminal messaging to to sell their products mm-hmm. and he wanted to infuse that into the film so there's a, you can pick out a whole bunch of subliminal messages that are Jack put in the Daniels. film like including <laughs> including <laughs> uh, when the shining title Bad that <laughs> rises above the screen in the opening shots uh, Kubrick's face is actually airbrushed into the clouds according to some people uh, so there's a ton of like mm. subliminal uh, messages. that's like all the penises that you see in Disney movies do they
2: well, really
1: true. exist?
0: I mean, yeah but, but <laughs> animators are dirty yeah, people. I think animators yeah. actually yeah. admitted to that. Yeah. <laughs> <animators are> like, <laughs> no, no I mean <laughs> they, they just wanted to come up with this. Design that was otherworldly and did it look like a penis? Sure. Yeah. Did they intentionally make it look like a penis? No. Are they dirty fuckers? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, but also in the Lion King, it doesn't say it does, sex; um, it says SFX, 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 SFX for special effects. Mm. Effect. So yeah. anyway, uh, move, moving on. Um, so the, these things exist in a lot of different movies, right. but particularly uh-huh. this movie. Right. Sure. So yeah. there's a ton of theories. You can go watch documentary two three seven. One of the theories that I actually do subscribe to, though, is that this film is an allegory for genocide. Mm. and uh, the whole point of it is that he's making you care about singular characters because of Stalin's quote um, a murder is is the death of an individual but a genocide is a statistic so that was his feeling he was actually researching his own Holocaust movie at the time which he never wound up making and then when Schindler's List came out he said well there's my excuse not to make it because mm. someone else already took it and did it better so I'm not even going to bother with this Holocaust movie that he was working on but he was working on a movie that was about genocide throughout throughout human history and stuff like that. Mm. And if you think about it, if you overlook being built on an Indian burial yeah. ground, the blood and right. and being built on the bones of the natives. Our entire country was mm-hmm. was built off of that genocide and all that stuff. I do subscribe to Stanley Kubrick putting those elements into the movie, yeah. whether it was the driving force. No, I mean this Doesn't dude main focus. Right, this dude supposedly there. had an IQ of 200. So if he with that IQ, he's fitting in multiple yeah. multiple multiple layers and. And anyone can come up with a theory about any one of his and movies, and then take take shot by shot things and and, and, and find right, ways yeah. to prove themselves right yeah. is what it comes down to. So, uh, the Shining, guys. I mean, is this one of the most prolific horror movies of all time? Like, is this top ten horror movies? Yes. Yeah, I'd I say so. I think so. Like, uh, oh, you know, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, you know, like I, I put up The Exorcist because i mean that is like that's, that's like there too. I mean, that's, that's like the number one like, of like all time that rosemary's baby the omen like mm-hmm. these are like classic horror movies that not only you know are th- there there is no camp to them there's no catch to them there's no there's no cult status of yeah. them it's effective they are like these are horror films big budget horror films that hit a wide mm. audience and, and hit a nerve too. and and garnered you know attention from both critics and, and audiences with the time they came
2: out. and yeah Horror mm-hmm. filled with blood. I mean, this had blood in it, but it didn't have to be. In it the didn't exorcist, be, have to but... be the blood-filled horror movies that we see these days, where like. If you don't see like a bucket of blood within
0: five right, minutes of you the know, film, it's you not know,
2: it's not a horror movie. Right, exactly. It's not
0: too long after this that the slasher is born. Right, this comes out in 1980. Four years later, the American slash
2: the first slasher. <laughs> Whoa, did we just come up
0: with something? No, weird? there was actually slashers in the 1970s. When you think about like Last House on the Left yeah, and oh, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, so yeah. Yeah. so there were slashers before this, but it, they were definitely cult films. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was it was not too long after this that Freddie and jason and michael myers well myers was 19 was 1979 so even that while it was cult was still was Mm -hmm. you know that stuff was still brewing there Mm -hmm. this was kind of like the the true like last like psychological horror for a long time until we started getting guys like fincher and and we started getting new filmmakers later on in the early 2000s paying homage to it you know the the the, but the slasher type film ruled horror for so long after this that it's really like it was really like this well, smart man like how death long death.
3: this was filmed and developed and made maybe all those other movies were made after they first heard about the shining <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: <laughs> no.
3: I'm just saying. No, <laughs> <laughs> theory debunked already, Jack. Uh,
1: <laughs> you're wrong.
3: We have a Netflix documentary on this. One. Anything that comes out of my mouth. <laughs> no.
0: So uh, we got a category for next month. Next month is a little bit more lighthearted. One of our patrons wanted us to do '90s action oh, films, yeah. and this, be, that. this became like a little bit of a problem, right? Because we were like, "Well, do we say like '90s sci-fi mm. or like you know '90s like yeah. bombastic How specific action?" Do you it's be. general. It's it, But, yeah, it's, it's very general. 90s action. So, literally, any action film that came out in the 90s is on the oh, board. There's
3: so many to choose from. Uh, I kind of wish it was a little bit more specific. However, I don't why? really care.
2: Why? That's the whole point. So it's many just like, ones that- there's wow.
3: so many different things that you can
2: yeah. choose out yeah, of. I'm, yeah, I'm,
0: I'm okay with going generic every now and then because we can, we can hit a wide scope. And if we always want to come back, we can say 90s sci-fi movies now of course obviously continuing with the rule any movie that has ever won a movie cocktail before is off the table so no point no point no no point break you know yeah so uh any 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 movie cocktail that's already been that's already been done we're Mm. not going to redo jay you're first up for 90s action man so what did you pick terminator 2 you son of a bitch man of course (laughs) i I think this is the one that all of us when we say 90s action immediately like our brains shot to right because um Mine no? actually went to the one that I picked, but I'll, I'll say that in a second. I'm surprised. Uh, we'll get to it towards the end. But uh, I had a
3: lot of thoughts, but like, mean, really I, when I T2's thought about it, like, T2 was yeah. such a level of when I, when visceral- I think, See, when I
4: think 90s action, yeah. I think like ch- kind of like cheesier, like just bombastic. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm the same way. T2 to me is kind of like- You have like to think
2: about movie. it because you have to know about Terminator. Yeah. Uh, I hear it's you. It's like-
3: yeah. I hear you. No, I mean it works. And if it, it said no like sci-fi then obviously I would have gone yeah. like with yeah. like Face Off. Yeah, I'll be on, I'll be on. You hit yeah, exactly. yeah. You
0: hit on the number 1 90s action movie, period. That's the number 1 90s action I mean, movie. mean, it's a great 90s action movie. Period. It, sure. it is it And
3: it's relative because we got
0: We're talking about a guy who is who is as much of a perfectionist about his films James Cameron as Stanley Kubrick is. Yeah. True. So, yeah, I mean Terminator 2, we'll get into that one. Uh, I actually just saw Terminator Dark Fate, guys. So, um uh yeah i got an early screening of it and we me and jay will have a review for that next week uh along with the lighthouse and jojo rabbit very very interesting so we're gonna have like a bunch of reviews next week <laughs> so terminator 2 off the board uh next is mark mark what so, what are you putting up for 90s action
4: my brain went
0: right to the
4: rock oh. sean connery Nicholas i King. do love that movie you're bashed <laughs> <laughs> Your best, one of I. I Losers think that talk about be one of Sean Connery's
2: best films. I mean, I, oh yeah, We're late I, career because he mean. he plays the old man, the older mm-hmm. yeah. man, which is what I who love. Still kicks ass. He's
0: not, but still kicks ass. Hold on, he plays James Bond. I don't care if his name's Hollis Mason or not. He's still James Bond, the man. Uh, yeah. He's just like he, he's commanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's yeah. just
2: perfect. Mm-hmm. And I mean, but even, I, mean, even I, mean, I I do have to say, even in that movie, Nicolas Cage is awesome. Oh, he's in great that in it. Ed Harris. I mean, who knows where he's he. He goes in the future. We all know what happens with Nicolas Cage. He has, what, a a pyramid- I mean, look- Like, grave already set up in New Orleans, but-
0: Yeah. (laughs) Lucius talk about their bashed. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. (laughs) Marla was the prom queen. (laughs) It's
4: it's when I liked Michael Bay a little bit more. Um, A movie that, yeah, full of great lines like that, full of fantastic action scenes over the top. Just wall to wall, and
0: full of him, Ed Harris being a fantastic bad guy. Oh, he's yeah. great. He's, he's so, so good. Yeah. Uh, all right. So then we come to me. My pick, The Fifth Element. yeah. <sighs> uh,
3: I love that movie too. It's yeah. so.
0: It's just when but I. Think, of I action think, is what I really. i I'm not. I'm not a fan. It I'm is nineties. It is. No, it is nineties. It yeah, is nineties. And but and my mind doesn't go there. One of the things about The Fifth Element that I love, like, not only is it like a A great action film. It's very technical and it's technical prowess. And it's fun. It was like the first movie put on DVD which is like crazy the very yeah. okay. and then when Blue Layer was, Matrix was when Blu-ray mm-hmm. launched like they, they they put they they put this out on Blu-ray right. like, for, like one of the first things that they put out there and threw out there on Blu-ray okay. like when new technology comes out mm-hmm. like there's the fifth well, element just Matrix, breaking but, walls down right. it's possible yeah. but th- both th- they those. both would have come out we're talking about, about some out.
2: of the iconic of of the 90s as well you've got you know Arne, Arnie you've
0: got Bruce, Bruce Willis you know I mean Nicolas Cage but yeah I mean I was thinking about other things and there is one one that I'll mention after Rob gives his, gives his that I'm that I'm surprised no one picked, but okay. I'll talk about that soon. Rob, what's your pick? You know, what? I'm gonna go one of my
2: absolute favorite movies. I'm gonna go All Cigar, I'm gonna go Under Siege.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I have a, a personal vendetta one. against Seagal. I love that the, the, I've the seen cake that movie scene. A lot. Oh yeah, and, and Eric Ellen. Jones. Go I on.
2: mean, you're talking you're talking about like this scene from The Shining, right? Like, Erica Elenak jumping yeah, out I of mean, that that Talk that about the VCR being paused. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: But I, I, I hate Seagal. Because our good friends over at the Countdown Pod in Perth, uh, Wayne has challenged Steven Seagal to a fight several times, and he's never once answered. Have you seen how fat he's gotten? <laughs> I don't care. I want to see him and Wayne fight.
1: He's made hey, out of
2: shape. I went. I went and specifically took a keto classes because I love wow. Se- Steven Seagal so much. It's it's like, definitely. I've f- had a role You love to hate Seagal. But that's come it. about it.
0: Yeah, Steven Seagal, like like especially Under Siege, was like that that movie that like we had HBO when that movie came out, yeah. and my dad must have watched under siege <laughs> like Same 90 year. times yeah. <laughs>
3: like so many times it is that kind of movie yeah. it is oh,
0: that yeah, type yeah, of movie yeah. oh uh, anytime it's, it's on i can sit and watch it movie. yeah yeah i Just can it. sit and watch and go oh i love this movie. Yeah. so the movie i'm surprised that no one picked up was the other james cameron action film that came out in the 90s true lies
2: oh i was yeah. I, I i i did have that that's a good one but, too, but yeah. when he went t2 i thought why do why, to, to why put
0: why put one really good Arnie movie up against one yeah. fantastic Arnie movie? It's like yeah, you know. like, how do you choose? Y- you,
2: you couldn't. Yeah, you're putting a nine against a ten say, at that point. I, you know, I, I, I'm also in my head. I was also thinking Last Action Hero. I love that that's movie. A, yeah, hmm. I, I, I love that again, I, despite of what people hmm. say. That, I love that movie. That's that, that movie, a movie I want
0: to see again. That movie's yeah. gotten better with age because mm. now movie audiences are are more familiar and comfortable with meta humor. Yeah, yeah. and in 1990, meta he humor. He Mozart. <laughs> meta humor was. <laughs> not something it's that people already kicking ass right much, people were not buying into meta yeah. humor at that time but that that film is uh, far smarter than it is Visit that one yeah yeah that know. last action of heroes far smarter than people gave it credit mm. for when it came out and, and demolition man's
3: you know. the other one as well. and then you got die hard uh, once you yeah. start getting on that kick
0: I mean there's so many speaking of 90s action one of our n- upcoming patreon episodes is going to be Another movie cocktail, but it's going to be Judge Dread themed. So just like me and Jay did a Captain America themed uh, cocktail, and we talked about Captain America throughout the entire MCU. This is gonna be a Judge Dread themed cocktail, and we're gonna talk about Judge Dread from nineteen mm. from nineteen ninety-five and dread mm. from twenty twelve. So we're gonna be talking about one two has different
4: Rob schneider
0: <laughs> who my who my wife referred to as mid nineties Paulie Short. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Wait, but wasn't Paulie Shoreman? Yeah, he was on well, his way out was, at that point. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> that's
0: true. <Okay. laughs> He's like mid to late 90s. That checks out. We're in the juice.
4: the Casino Man's great. So that's, so that's so that's going to be
0: coming. Uh, uh, maybe if we come back and we next season we do a '90s sci-fi action film or '90s comedy would be good or so. the or '90s
4: comedy. I'd probably pick and no man.
0: so <laughs> Somebody puts somebody puts up Demolition Man because I would love to do a Demolition mm, Man cocktail. Cool it one. was because, far smarter than what people have given it. <laughs> well, for. because yeah. in have 19- we done a
3: romantic comedy yet.
0: Yeah, we did uh, for season one. We did romantic yeah, comedies. That's right. We did uh, love and other no not love and other drugs. The one with Ryan Gosling and. And Steve Carell.
3: Oh. oh, crazy, stupid, love, crazy,
0: stupid, love. We did crazy, stupid, love. So, uh, <laughs> but no, uh, I, I definitely want to do demolition man at some point because like as a kid in the mid nineties, oh. demolition man. And then the following year, judge Dredd. I know judge Dredd's a fucking terrible movie. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here defending it, but I still love it. <laughs> like I just watched it a few days ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so that's it. That's going to do it for, for us tonight. If there's anything about the shining that we missed and there's a ton, oh, man. anything that you would like us to discuss. Reach out to us on our socials. You can reach out to Super Movie Bros over on Twitter at Super Movie Pod. You can reach out to Jay on Facebook, Super Movie Bros Podcast on there. If people would like to uh, rue and lament about anything that Mark said, Mark, where, where can people find you?
4: <laughs> uh, I don't know if I should tell anyone. No, uh, Colt Movie Colt uh, is my podcast, and we just started up a new series. Uh, it's, I'm really excited about it. It's about one-hit wonders in the world of cult cinema. And I uh, just posted the new episode today. So, um, just doing that right now. Yep.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Have you seen Jay and the Bob reboot yet? I have not. Didn't even know it was out. Uh, <laughs> it, it was only out the, for Fathom Events. Now they okay. are traveling the country when they come to a city. That's when it gets released in that city. Okay. So, they will be coming to Philadelphia in the next couple of weeks. So
4: Well, we talked about Clerks on the show. So, we'll yeah. probably check that out. Keep yeah.
0: your eyes open. Uh, sure. it, I'd be curious to check it out it's it's uh, our review was positive i'll just okay. i'll say that much so okay. so I, I would i would like to hear your yeah, take on it because sure. i think it's it's a return to form but also like mixes in enough new of what we know about kevin smith i'm assuming it's very meta am I, it am
4: is I it, it okay. is
0: but it has far more heart than you would expect hmm. from 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 the movie that you're presented okay which, which i i oh. really enjoyed yeah
4: i check it out uh
0: rob where can people find you never mind fuck it yeah no i'm, I'm,
4: <laughs> Dave, you do this I'm here.
0: <laughs>
2: i'm here so that's all that matters man (laughs) (laughs)
4: i'll have you on my show
2: man (laughs) they can find rob here find him here man so if you want to check out several failed podcasts
0: (laughs) (laughs) if you want to check out our our uh exclusive patreon cocktail for the shining you can join our patreon that is at uh patreoncom bros podcast on there. We do have a, a Halloween-themed episode that will be coming right alongside of this. Me and my wife sat down and we discussed. She's a patron and she she pledges enough that she is able to do her own movie cocktail. And she chose to do Hocus Pocus. So hmm. me and Lauren do a cocktail. It's gonna be a
3: big hit.
1: I, I just know it. Me my and Lauren. That's be a beloved that movie. One. We
0: did. We talk about. We talk about the 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 middle middle mid-30s woman Mm -hmm. loving Mm -hmm. hocus pocus we talk about that that's main what that's what the main discussion (laughs) of it is so you could check that out on our patreon as well i want to thank all of you guys for listening have a great night cheers cheers bye